to Chris. Well, I'll talk for a little bit so you can get the levels right. Hello, everyone at home. Hi, everyone here. Um, actually, it would be great if you could put the words of that last song just back up a sec, because I just I was in tears during it because they were so beautiful in what they in what they express of the goodness of God. And I don't think I, you know, I think I'm beginning to make a link now in my own life and walk with Jesus of the goodness of God and the love of God because they are so inextricably linked. Um, the next bit, it's the chorus, really. Yeah. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And another section of it says, I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I will sing of the goodness of God. And that will come into play in what I'm sharing this morning. Um, because the love of God and the goodness of God is expressed right throughout our lives. David said in, in the famous Psalm 23, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Another translation could be goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm just going to um, ask you guys to turn to each other if you're next to someone. Don't do anything that breaks social distancing, but um, if you're at home, if you're alone, just think about this. If you're at home and you're with others, then chat it together. Uh, chat about it together, especially children with parents and, and there's younger and older. Let's get the dialogue going. Just for a minute, what is love? So you can start your sentence with, love is. Just have a go at that for a minute. Great. wasn't supposed to be some huge theological exercise. Hopefully you've come up with a few ideas yourself. I've, I've asked a few people the question, that very question, the last few days, including my family. Um, and here's a few things that came up. So love is a feeling. Love is a sacrificial thing. Love is unconditional. Love is a choice. Love is putting others first. Love is listening to others. Love is understanding others' needs. Love is championing the people you love. And the church does not have a monopoly on love. So we know that expressions of love, kind of sayings about love, songs of love, films of love, Everything, it's out there. So we get some other things that are out there. Anyone remember Charlie Brown? Charlie Brown seems to always want to try and define what love is. Here's a couple of Charlie Brown sayings. Love is watching someone else's boring show on TV. <laughs> I'll hold my hand up to that. <laughs> Joe knows what I'm talking about. Uh, and another Charlie Brown. Love is being there through it all. I think that's quite beautiful. Love is being there through it all. A couple of age-related ones. Thank me for saying this now, actually. Anyway, Joe, I asked Joe, what is love? And she said, baby, don't hurt me, don't hurt me no more. 
You see, those of, those of an actual age that get that are laughing. For the younger ones, Frozen fans, love is an open door. You must get that one. And, and here's my son's take on love. So we asked Ethan yesterday, we took him to football at 10 o'clock. He really didn't want to go. So we asked him, in, as we were having breakfast, what is love? And quick as a flash, he said to me, not sending your son to football <laughs> when he doesn't want to go. You've got to give him credit for that, haven't you? And, and then little Zachary asked him the same question, and he said a cuddle. Yeah? We call it a cuddly cuddle. You can have different kinds of cuddles, can't you? Um, so there you go. There's a, few, there's a few kind of smorgasbord responses to the, to, the, to the question, what is love? But really, to know what love truly is, we've got to go to the source of love, the one who is the author of love, the one who invented love in the first place. And we will go there, and we will get to the passage. But I just wanted to paint a few scenarios first, really backed up by the song um, that we just looked at again, from my own life. And as I reflected on my own life um, over the last couple of days, I see these moments of love breaking through, and me being able to break through because of love. Um, I'm going to try and paint these briefly for you. Um, my wife will say that I don't put enough detail in stories anyway, so today it's an advantage. Uh, so back in 1986, um, I, was, I was, uh, at university, and, um, flat, uh, a house share, and we just, as a, a group of students, watched The Mission. Don't know how many of you have seen that. It's a story of Father Gabriel, a Jesuit priest who, um, uh, follows his calling through Christ to the uh, Paraguayan jungle, to the Guarani people. And it's an incredibly powerful movie, if you've never seen it, in terms of an expression of sacrificial love. And uh, I was, I was um, upstairs after having watched this film, having wept through some of it and hidden some of those tears from my, um, from my housemates who weren't all Christians, and possibly I couldn't have explained why I was crying at the time. And... Uh, Anyway, I, I heard the music from Gabriel's oboe because one of my friends had put it on her stereo and I heard it coming up through the floorboards of our house and it broke me inside, um, absolutely broke me inside. Just the beauty of the music and the beauty of the love of God expressed in that film. Uh, 19, 1996, I was in Bluefields in Nicaragua with Latin Link and... Uh, a pastor and his wife were leading a church called El Verbo, the word, in the uh, eastern coast of Nicaragua. And he did a whole series of sermons, probably five or six weeks while I was there, or four weeks while I was there, on love. And they lived love. I mean, these guys took 30 people into their home after Hurricane, Hurricane Juan hit in 1988, and they waited till every single one of them was back in new homes and jobs before... Um, they were able to get on with their own kind of individual family life. Um, and I was so broken by what he was saying. I'd come out to serve, but actually I was being absolutely ministered to through this community there and through the way Pastor Ed expressed love in the community. Um, my honeymoon in Spain, I couldn't believe it. Suddenly we were together allowed to be fully together, if you know what I mean. And it was incredible, just the freedom, 
the freedom, the sense of freedom, the sense of being, sense of being known um, that Joe and I experienced then and have gone on to experience over the last 20 years of our marriage, 21 years of our marriage. Um, the birth of Ethan, my son, it was a traumatic few days. We won't go into any detail. But I had a Jesus song playing during some of the labor, and it was absolutely beautiful. The atmosphere in the room was electric. The nurse who'd come in and out commented on it a number of times. It was, that was Jesus present in his love in that moment. I went through a breakdown in 2020, 2012 and 2013, um, and it was actually a conversation with Joe about love and am I loved that broke me out of a place of deep depression and, and anxiety. And um, it was a simple question. She said, are you loved, off the back of a reading that we'd done together. And I suddenly thought about all the people that have been supporting me over the last weeks, including my close family um, on both sides, and uh, people from church, and especially Joe, who had been like an angel during that time. And that's it. I just thought, however I'm feeling about myself right now, I know I'm loved because of the way I've been loved in the last few months. Going out to Jesus' ministry conference in Tacoma, being absolutely loved on by a community out there and looked after in people's homes. Anyone who's been out there and experienced that out there um, first time will know what I'm talking about. And we've, and we've been able to offer some of that hospitality here in the previous church I was in, in London. And then seeing Ethan cradle young Zachary in his arms in December 2013, desperate for a little brother, here he was with him, aged, you know, six, that's Ethan at the time, and holding him tight. And then when, when my father-in-law, Red, died in 2013, just the beautiful grace and love that surrounded us as a family through this church body and through other relationships. And you know, each and every one of these experiences, it's like it's, like it's carved me deeper. You know, something's gone inside me and, and taken God's love deeper each time through these experiences. And then you'll have your own. You know, you'll have times where that's happened for you. And I just want to kind of highlight that, that that is the way that God works. He works through love. And he works breakthrough moments in our lives through love. It's like a clay pot being fashioned by the potter, actually scooped out, scooped out. One John four, verses sixteen to eighteen. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I was reflecting on that. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And actually there is a correlation between us moving on in our knowledge of the love of Jesus Christ and our maturity in understanding uh, as a Christian what it is to be a Christian, what it is to walk with Jesus. So there is an absolute correlation between the two. And there's no condemnation in this verse. 
because we often hear it through a filter of condemnation. It's not helpful. The one who fears has not been made perfect in love means that actually there is a way to become more perfect in love and, and to, to lose the fear that's often underneath and keeping us from deeper relationship with each other and deeper relationship with God. There is a way. And Paul, in this wonderful passage that I get to read today, tells us about that most excellent way. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. Going back to that question, what is love? I asked uh, Ethan at the end of the football session yesterday. And I said, look, buddy, come on. I want a serious answer. You've got to tell me, what is love? And again, quick as a flash, and he's a little bit embarrassed with me saying this, but he said I could. He said, Jesus. And that is the truth, you know? And we do a lot of fighting of that truth in our lives because putting Jesus at the center of our lives is not an easy thing. It is a simple thing, but it's not an easy thing. So I'm going to read the passage again, and we're going to put Jesus at the center of it. And I'll, and I'll go on to read the rest of 1 Corinthians 13. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not Jesus, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not Jesus, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not Jesus, I gain nothing. Jesus is patient, he is kind. He does not envy, he does not boast. He is not proud, he is not rude. He is not self-seeking. Jesus is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, he always trusts, he always hopes, he always perseveres. Jesus never fails. But where there are prophecies, 
they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Just like we were saying about going on to maturity. You know, perfect love drives out all fear. When perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three things remain, faith, hope, and Jesus. But the greatest of these is Jesus. Jesus is the king of love. He is the author of love. And I was chatting um, on Friday with Colin, who you know, Colin and Jen, Colin Wallace, uh, many of you know anyway. And we were, just, we were just chatting about this and the theme of love and um, the, the Parish Centre Project. We were chatting about that too. And he said something that really made me think. He said that the Parish Centre Project is just like the tip of an iceberg. It's just what people can see of what we're trying to express as a body. It's just what people can see. And in that, it's important, but it's not everything. And it's certainly not the foundation of who we are and why we are. And the foundation of who we are and why we are is love. And you could equally say the foundation of who we are and why we are is Jesus. And Colin said people need to see that Jesus' love for them looks like something. And I'll just quote him. He said, the greatest force, power, influence that we will ever come under is the love of Jesus Christ. The greatest force, power, influence that we will ever come under is the love of Jesus Christ. I'm just going to finish with uh, just reading out this little bit from Colossians 3, verses 12 to 14, for anyone who is following with Bibles. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is not just an out there kind of concept, love. Love has a face, it's a person, he's a person. And so when we say put on love, we're saying put on Jesus. We're saying put him on every day and he makes himself fully available to us. You know, as I've gone through a little bit of my life, I see those moments of breakthrough love, absolutely. And those are only the highlights. We all know what it is to walk day by day and have those little encouragements, those little conversations, those little interactions that actually transform our perspective or transform our lives. 
it can sometimes hinge on a word or a picture or a movie or a moment. Jesus is in those moments, and we want him to be in them far more.